0: Welcome, pod. Welcome back into the Chris Mathis podcast. I am your host, in front of side by side Spencer Mathis, my co-host, right here. Glad to be back with you guys on this Thursday. We've got some Thursday night football to talk about between the New Orleans Saints and the Arizona Cardinals. That'll be kicking off in about an hour from the time you guys are tuned in. If you're on top of uh, our post notifications and you guys really follow at TCM Pod on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, the whole nine yards. If you guys also follow us, you know that our sponsor that brings us the show each and every time that we come on here, it is Information On Demand. They do a great job, of course, and they are very happy to be a part of our success here with TCM Pod. Talk to them Tuesday, and each and every episode of the Chris Mathis Podcast is presented by Information On Demand. Whether you need criminal background checks, uh, e-verification, drug screenings, Academic accreditations or other screening services, they've got you covered. It doesn't matter if you're here in Florida, like myself, if you're in North Georgia, if you're in Tennessee, uh, if you're in Alabama, Wyoming, it has no bearing on what they can do for you. They can do a great job for you and they've got you covered. Information on demand, you can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you the information you need in just eight hours or less. That's information on demand. They're fast, they're accurate and their affordable pre-employment background screening services. That's why you guys need to give them a call today or visit them online at informationondemand.net or give them a call 855-914-4636. And with that, we are back here with some more football talk. And leading things off here, uh, Robbie Anderson, former Carolina Panthers wide receiver. When I say former, that changed in the matter of uh, a day from the moment in which he had an issue, an altercation, with his wide receiver coach on the sideline with the Carolina Panthers on Sunday and their loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, He had an altercation with the wide receiver coach. A few minutes later, he was seen on the sideline, off to the side by himself, Spencer, because he wasn't getting the ball. That's what's assumed at this point. Um, He never really elaborated too much on what exactly the problem was. He just said he had a problem, and uh, it's pretty obvious that he wanted the ball. But uh, Robbie Anderson was then thrown out of the game off the sidelines from interim head coach Steve Wilkes of the Carolina Panthers. And next thing you know, Anderson's going to the locker room. Uh, That was a huge question following the game. Anderson was interviewed at press conference following that game on Sunday. And then the next day, he was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. So Spence kind of delve into uh, the fact that this player, NFL player, a veteran that's been in the league for quite some time now, I believe seven seasons in the NFL, he pouts like this and a time with the Carolina Panthers in which they're struggling to win games, struggling to stay in games. They have so many question marks. Their former head coach, Matt Rule, was fired uh, just a few days prior. Then he pouts, and he should be a guy that younger players look up to as a veteran, a guy that when all things are hitting the fan, they can look at this guy and think, okay, here's somebody that's been through this before. He's been on the Jets. He's been with losing teams in New York. He's been with losing teams here in Carolina, and now he's pouting on the sideline, and gets ejected from the interim head coach, Uh, Steve Wilkes. Yeah,
1: Robbie Anderson is a diva, but he's not a diva with no direction because this was definitely planned. He got tired of playing with P.J. Walker and Baker Mayfield. He said, hey, father, like Odell Odell Beckham Jr. did last year, put together a tape of these quarterbacks that that the Carolina Panthers are bringing out here that are just missing me or just not seeing me wide open. His father compiled the clips, made the video, forgot to post it, but Robbie Anderson instead had a, a little blow up on the sidelines But it was for the better of Robbie Anderson because the Panthers are horrible, and now he's on a team that has a little bit of hope with the Cardinals, uh, except for the uh, the new Call of Duty is releasing on Friday. So Kyler Murray's head may be in a different area, but maybe we see the most dedicated Kyler Murray because he knows that he's going to have a longer week. I mean, it's going to be 11 days off for the Cardinals, and I think these next three days for Kyler Murray after this game are devoted to Call of Duty. So I think that they may be on fire tonight against the Saints, and I think Robbie Anderson is going to play a part in it. He's supposedly going to play a couple of plays in this game with DeAndre Hopkins uh, Hopkins coming back, but I would say under 20 snaps for Robbie Anderson, but a couple of catches.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he fits in with uh, Kyler Murray tonight against the New Orleans Saints for Thursday Night Football. And we talked about Robbie Anderson a little bit before and uh, and, and what he did with the Carolina Panthers. He didn't do too much this year, just uh, 13 catches on the year, 206 yards, one receiving touchdown touchdown. Now his longest catch of the season was 75 yards. You take that away from 206, that's 125 uh, plus 6, 131 receiving yards, aside from one huge catch on 12 catches. So overall throughout, what, six games now, he hasn't really done much. He's averaging two catches a game uh, with the Carolina Panthers this season. And again, he did have a bad quarterback situation there. He goes over to Arizona beginning tonight uh, with Kyler Murray. And Marquise Brown, the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals that was leading the charge this season, I had him on my PPR Fantasy League here at work at iHeartMedia Tampa Bay Uh, as kind of a late draft pick who's gone off for me. He got hurt, and that's why the Cardinals inquired about landing Robbie Anderson uh, earlier this week. They got him on Monday. Ultimately, over the next, I think it's five to seven weeks, that Marquise Brown is going to be out. Do you think that Robbie Anderson, by week three of this uh, interaction, this – enjoyment of joining the Arizona Cardinals will be successful? Or do you think this guy is just going to fail here with uh, Arizona and with Kyler Murray? I think he's put himself in a better situation than what he was
1: dealing with in Carolina. So I think he'll be somewhat successful. And then whenever Marquise Brown returns in four to six weeks or whatever they said, I think Brown's going to play the slot and he's going to really succeed in a role as the number three receiver. He's going to get the most targets out of both, out of all three of those receivers whenever he comes back because Robbie Anderson can't play the slot. He's an outside receiver. DeAndre Hopkins, you won on the outside. So it's going to be a pretty good receiving court when they all get healthy. And for the Cardinals, luckily for them, I mean, this isn't good for them right now, but it will be in the long term, is that Marquise went, Brown went down the same week that Robbie Anderson had decided to have his antics on the sideline. They got a pretty easy trade for a pretty good receiver. I would say he's a top 20-plus receiver in the league. He's not yeah, top great. 25 or so. Yeah, he's not. he's not a great receiver, but he's pretty good. He's a starter-caliber receiver. And whenever you don't have DeAndre Hopkins, you don't have Marquise Brown, you're going to need a guy like that because I don't know how good DeAndre Hopkins is going to be in his first couple of games back with Arizona.
0: Yeah, tonight, uh, DeAndre Hopkins makes his 2002, 2022 uh, debut as he returns from his uh, suspension, six-game suspension to start off this year. And you said that he posted a hype video, if you will, earlier on social media, I believe, and it was him. You know, coming back from what looked to be an injury, but in fact, he cheated with steroids.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of players are cheating with steroids already, but he got caught. You can't act like it was an injury that held you out for the first six weeks of the season. It was steroid usage in some capacity that the NFL traced down. So I don't really understand the video coming back from DeAndre Hopkins. We all knew he would be back in week seven. A bunch of fantasy players drafted him because they knew he was only going to be out six weeks. And it's gonna save some fantasy football players seasons. Uh, Luke Collins is one of those guys that has our boy DeAndre Hopkins on the bench. So that's gonna ha- that's gonna help him a ton. And I think he was planning this from all along. But for DeAndre Hopkins to go out there and post a video, a hype video for his return after after a PED bus, I'm I'm not sure about that. That's like Fernando Tati's coming back in a year or two, and he's he's posting a hype video saying, Sorry for the time I missed. I'm ready to get back to it.
0: Yeah, no, that's a the the year. year. That's a great point there, and we'll see what DeAndre does uh, his first game back. I-, I think even before he got busted for PEDs, he was kind of, I wouldn't say trending downwards in terms of uh, you know his success, but his numbers were not nearly as good right before his suspension as they had been in the past. He didn't have a, a great uh, time last year with the Cardinals. I think he played, what, the first 10 games or so of that season last year, or did he play full season? He played the full season, but he had some injury problems last year. Yeah, and his numbers showed that, but we'll see what uh, Kyler Murray has dialed up for him tonight. Thursday night football between the Saints and the Cardinals, and I know we're going to talk about the other games and, and a couple of other big stories, but that way this is fresh for all those viewers that are tuned in right now to the podcast. Let's uh, do our quick prediction for Thursday night football. The Arizona Cardinals, the home team, two and a half point favorites over the New Orleans Saints. Eight fifteen kickoff tonight. Saints are two and four. Cardinals are two and four. Saints have the return of DeAndre Hopkins. They've added Robbie Anderson as well at receiver. And uh, Andy Dalton is the alleged quarterback for the New Orleans Saints tonight.
1: Yeah, I think this game is a lock for the Arizona Cardinals just based off of the fact of the Call of Duty statement that I made earlier. Kyler Murray is going to be dialed in. He's going to know that they they want to get a win here because if they lose, they're going to be watching tape this weekend. If they win, they don't even watch tape till Tuesday. So that gives them a little bit extra game time to play Call of Duty on his Xbox or PlayStation. So... I think Kyler Murray and the Saints are going to destroy the Saints. Excuse me. I think the I think the Saints are going to lose by 10-plus with Andy Dalton out there.
0: Yeah, the Red Rifle uh, not having a good start to this 2022 season. But then again, I'm not sure that Jameis was having a good, a good start to this year either. He kind of, you know, as a Bucs fan, seeing him on another team has helped me realize what he really was. I liked him as a person, liked him as a team leader, and loved his energy. Even when he was playing bad or if the Bucs were playing bad years ago, but... The guy just does not have it at all. There's just no. Way. I don't know do if he'll. Have... I don't know if we get another shot after this year. Who do you have? I'm gonna go with Arizona, night and day. And you talk about uh, they need to win because obviously Kyler Murray wants to enjoy his new Call of, Duty, uh, Call of Duty game that comes out tomorrow. On top of that, this guy already struggles with watching film. I mean, it was in his contract that this guy doesn't watch film. It was a requirement. It became a huge story. Uh, national story regarding this contract that he had to agree upon. It was such a big deal that the Cardinals took it out of his contract. They took the clause out of his contract and got rid of that. Do you really think that there's an issue there with uh, Kyler Murray and his film study habits?
1: Yeah, Pat McAfee had uh, Ninja the Gamer on the show the other day. and Ninja said himself that it, he wishes he could he could sit down with Kyler Murray and tell him to get off the game. I mean, you're a professional athlete. It's obviously a problem that they even put that in his his contract whenever he signed it. So there's a problem there. Luckily for Kyler Murray, he doesn't have to worry about that till about midnight tonight. So if he gets a victory, he's going to be up to at least 6 a.m. playing Call of Duty. So I think that it is an issue for the Cardinals. But if they can get the win tonight, I think Kyler Murray is going to have a great rest of the season because he's going to get four days to play the new Cod just to start off.
0: Yeah, that's going to be electrifying for him. Do you think uh, you'll be buying this new Call of Duty? Maybe. Really? I was just never good at those... Uh... First-person shooters. It was Killzone 3, Titanfall 1 and 2. That's all I've been good at. Not good at any other. But uh, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady here. We typically like to talk about three big stories. called the Big 3, brought to you by Information on Demand. And uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, both, of course, older, later in their uh, NFL careers. Aaron Rodgers off to a much slower start than usual. Of course, they lost Devontae Adams. He went to the Las Vegas Raiders this offseason. And I think he's missing uh, Devontae Adams a little bit more than what he thought and definitely more than what I expected him to. He's got nine passing touchdowns, three picks, just over 1,400 passing yards this season, Spence. Talk about Aaron Rodgers and what you see from him so far in 2022. Green Bay, uh, not off to a red-hot start. They're 3-3, and just like Tom Brady and the Bucs.
1: Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers knew immediately whenever he lost DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, not DeAndre Hopkins, but Devontae Adams, that he was in trouble because that's been his go-to guy since, like, 2014. Now he's throwing to to Dobbs, uh, Alan Lazard, the tight ends that they've got there. I mean, it's not a great receiving core. Their offensive line is struggling. David Bakhtiari has missed a season-plus now. He comes in occasionally. He's an all-pro tackle, at least he was, in the prime of his career, he gets injured and he really just doesn't play as much anymore. They've got a really good uh, guard in Elton Jenkins that they're moving out to tackle because because Bakhtiari will not play tackle. So it's messing up the entire offensive line and then Rodgers is getting pressured. He's missing a couple of throws. He's just not he's not having a good season.
0: And you also want to look at tonight's uh, – or not tonight, but this weekend's uh, injury report for the Green Bay Packers. Randall Cobb is out with an ankle injury. Sammy Watkins has been placed on the IR with a hamstring injury. The injuries just continue to stack up. Christian Watkin, uh, Watkin, or Watson is questionable heading into this game on Sunday with a hamstring injury as well. Uh, do you think that Aaron Rodgers finishes out this contract that he just signed this offseason? I'm going to go with no. I don't think I just, so. I yeah, I don't think so either. I believe it was a 3-year deal. Let me double check his extension. Um Aaron Rodgers of course, what? He's he's already 40 years old. 38. 38. Yeah, 38 years old. He'll turn 39 in December. He signed a contract extension this offseason. And it was pretty hefty. Of course, it is Aaron Rodgers, but he signed a 3-year contract extension uh that doesn't begin until 2024. So, uh his contract will run out after the 2026 season, which is a long way to go. I don't foresee Aaron Rodgers finishing this out. Let's say if Rodgers has a bad year this year, the trajectory that the Packers are already on, they're 3-3. and I just don't think with the roster they have built there in Green Bay that the offense is much better than maybe two or three games above 500. I don't think they make it deep in the playoffs like they had been in two or three of the last four or five years. Uh, How soon do you think Aaron Rodgers decides to hang up the cleats? I think within the next three
1: years, but I mean, you look at the NFC this season and all the good teams are three and three, you've got the giants who are five and one, you've got the Eagles who are six and oh, those guys coming into the season were not the, the focal points of the NFC. And I don't think they will be whenever the season's all said and done heading into the playoffs, but there's really no reason to completely panic. If you're a Buccaneers Packers fan, a Rams fan, because the, the, the top three teams in the NFC from last season are all three and three, including Uh, the San Francisco 49ers who are also three and three that coming into the season, we're supposed to be a pretty good team. And every one of these guys are, are even after six games. So there's really not much to worry about. They all lead their division as well. Like besides the Packers, the Packers, they have the Vikings in their division. They're five and one, but I think eventually once those two teams play each other, I think the Packers catch up to them. And then you look at the bucks. I think that they're a lock in the NFC South just because the Atlanta Falcons, they're a pretty good team, but it's going to be tough for them to to beat the top tier teams in the league. And they lost to the Buccaneers once. I think they'll lose again by more the second time, but that game got away from Tampa Bay. But if I'm the Buccaneers or am I'm the Packers, I'm not really too worried until two more weeks happen and you're below 500. If you're, if you're below 500, two weeks from now, that's whenever they need, they need to worry.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And the question mark with the Bucs coming into this season was, was could Todd Bowles lead the way, take over uh, from Bruce Arians and kind of, Turn around his failure that he had in New York as the head coach of the Jets a few years back. Of course, Todd Bowles has been a phenomenal defensive coordinator the past couple of years for the Buccaneers was arguably uh, the reason why they beat the Chiefs. They destroyed Patrick Mahomes, what, two years ago back in 2020 and uh, made Patrick Mahomes look like an average uh, quarterback. Granted, they were without a few offensive linemen in that game, but not to the point where Patrick Mahomes ran for over 430 yards to try to avoid pressure and uh, threw a couple of interceptions, including that final one to Devin White there to end the game in that Super Bowl in 2020. Tom Brady, the other story this year, 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on uh, for Tom Brady and the Bucks, and right now they're 3-3. Three and three. I think everybody had higher expectation than that. Obviously, they had a couple of injuries up front on that offensive line as well. Ryan Jensen out the first couple of weeks, if not a little bit longer, but I'm not sure if you saw the report that he could be back in the month of November, which is huge for Tampa Bay. And that'll really turn things around. But still, Tampa Bay lost to Dominican Sue, uh, Rob Gronkowski, a couple of other key pieces as well. Those two leading the way for the Buccaneers uh, and their success the past two or three seasons. But the Bucs, three and three right now. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, we talked about his struggles throughout this 2022 season, but now Tom Brady and his struggles. And really, the numbers aren't terrible for Tom Brady by any means. He's had a several, two or three uh, 300-yard passing games, but they're having trouble scoring the ball. They're having trouble scoring in the red zone, especially this season. How concerned are you with with the Buccaneers right now, in particular with Tom Brady? You're 22 uh, or 23, and uh, he's 45 years old, man. Yeah, I'm not
1: completely concerned here because Tom Brady right now is, of course, out on deployment uh in the NFL season is what he compared it to a couple of days ago. Yeah. So it's about the same thing if you look at it as military NFL same thing. They both have appreciation for each other. Obviously, I'm joking, but Brady, I don't know if his head's completely in it right now. I think whenever our bye week happens just like it did in the Super Bowl season, I think we'll be locked in because heading into the bye week of the 2020 season, the Bucks were 7 and 5 and they finished that season 11 and 5. So they won their last 4 games of the season. They they headed into the playoffs on fire. And then they won every single playoff game, including the Super Bowl. So this year, I think the struggles are pretty are much more visible than they were in 2020. But the Bucks were seven and five, which isn't a great record for them. Whenever, even heading into the 2020 season, when nobody really knew what the Bucks were going to be, I think that Tampa Bay is going to be a little bit better than seven and five uh, after 11 weeks this year, or after 12 weeks this year, heading into their bye week. So. I'm not really sure if it's really a panic button yet for the Bucs, but their red zone offense is absolutely horrendous, which usually isn't the thing for Tom Brady. Uh, eight touchdowns, one interception. He's got 1,652 passing yards, but that's a down year for Brady. I mean, we're already six weeks into the season. You multiply that by by just a little bit three. less than three. That's his, that's his season total, and that's 24 touchdowns. So I think we're going to see him heat up a lot here over the next couple of weeks, and hopefully it starts this weekend against Carolina.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Of course, Tom Brady and the Bucs, three and three right now. I had them at, at worst, four and two, uh, six games into this season. Uh, now, we saw earlier this week former Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger kind of questioned Tom Brady, and he said that it didn't look like Tom Brady wanted to be out there on Sunday against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you see the same thing? There's been a lot of national media talking about Tom Brady and how, you know, checked out he looks mentally, does not look happy to be there. They call me happy to be here, at Mathis. Uh, here at iHeartMedia Tampa Bay. And Tom Brady was not happy to be there on Sunday. And honestly, he's kind of looked a little bit down. I know he has a lot going on in his personal life, but how much do you weigh into his personal life impacting his on-the-field situation and maybe just his dedication to this team? Well, I mean, he was getting a hit
1: a ton on Sunday against a horrible defensive front with T.J. Watt out, a horrible secondary and they just didn't have time to throw the ball they didn't they couldn't run the ball either so he was pissed off the entire game at his offensive line for good reason he was missing passes up because of it you could see him kind of forcing passes that weren't there because he thought maybe someone would be coming from his blind side and he missed a couple of passes across the middle to godwin he made a couple of good passes to godwin but i think he was a bit off on sunday the bucks offensive line took the day off as well against a subpar opponent I just, I just don't know what the Bucs are going to do until Jensen comes back, which should be within the next month or so. So I think for the next four weeks, you're going to have to beat Carolina. Then you're going to have to beat the Ravens on Thursday Night Football next week. So it's going to be tough for the Bucks. Two games in four days for a struggling team. If they don't beat Carolina and they, they go to three and four
0: and then they play the Ravens, they may be three and five. Yeah, you talk about the Baltimore Ravens next week, Thursday night football right here in Tampa. And uh, the the Ravens have added a former Buccaneer wide receiver to their practice squad, Deshaun Jackson, 35 years old. He's in year 15 of his NFL playing career, over under half a touchdown against his former team, the Buccaneers, on Thursday night football next week. Zero. I'll go over. I think he scores. It's it, That's just how it happens as a Bucs fan. It seems like that. Do you think he even gets promoted to the uh, 53-man roster by next Thursday?
1: Yeah, he'll be there probably Monday, but he's not going to be playing a ton against the Bucs, I don't think, if he's still in the practice squad now.
0: What do you think about Tom Brady missing out on his uh, walkthrough on Friday, flying up north to go to his ex-boss's wedding, Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, and missing out on the walkthrough on Friday, not riding or not flying with the team uh, to Pittsburgh uh, Sunday?
1: Yeah, I don't like that by Brady. Uh, that's why a lot of people are are questioning why if his head's in the game or or whatnot, but it's not a good look for Brady. Then to go out there and lose by two to the probably the worst team in the NFL heading into last week, I I think that's a that's a horrible look for Tom Brady. They'd have to bounce back this week because if they don't, you're going to be seeing even more Brady stories everywhere. But today he said he's not even he's not even looking at retirement anytime soon. So he'll be looking at a divorce here coming up soon, most likely. If he wants to stay in the NFL, but hopefully if he does get the divorce, he gives him another ring to replace it with the Bucks.
0: Yeah. Tom looked really happy today. He acted and sounded happy in his presser today. We carried it live on the Pat and Aaron show uh, throughout this afternoon. And uh, Tom looked happy to be there. He was cracking a few jokes with the reporters as well. Kind of wish I would have been there because, uh, you know, I might've fired off a risky question or something of that sort, but we also have another big story that we'll get into a little later in the show. Uh, regarding you, Spencer, we're not going to give any spoilers away, but you have a big weekend coming up, and uh, we'll mention a great friend that we grew up with in our neighborhood, uh, and our friends and family also know of this guy too. And we'll talk about the upcoming weekend for you guys, and we'll have some boots on the ground on Sunday, even though it is an away game, and we'll bring back some Buccaneers Panthers talk to the show next week as we'll have somebody there that we know watching the game, and he might be able to take a few notes and maybe get an interview or so, or. Maybe get an autograph, but uh, we'll talk more about that here in just a few minutes. But of course, each and every week we pick our uh, winners based on the spread uh, for the NFL games this upcoming weekend. And we're going to start things off with the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday in Nashville, Tennessee. The Tennessee Titans, two and a half point favorites. Titans are now three and two on the year, and uh, the Colts are three, two, and one on the year. Titans, two and a half point favorite Spencer there in Nashville. Who do you have?
1: Yeah, Titans are two-and-a-half-point favorites, but I'm going to take the Colts to win this game outright. I think the Colts are going to get something going. They'll be 4-2-1 if they beat the Titans this week, and that would be huge. And then what we haven't seen anyth- – I haven't seen anything this year about Ryan Tannehill, so I have no clue how he's playing. I never see him anywhere. So Six-pass not-
0: touchdowns, three picks.
1: Yeah, so I'm not quite sure really how good the Titans are this season. I think the Colts are kind of heating up. They had a pretty good victory against the Jaguars last Sunday with a, a last-30-second touchdown throw by matt ryan under pressure so i think matt ryan will pick it up a little bit as the year goes on with his new offense and
0: i think the colts win this game outright i'm gonna go with the indianapolis colts as well in nashville uh matt ryan eight pass touchdowns, seven picks in his first year with the colts they have been doing enough to win as of late as you said they beat the jaguars last weekend one team that might have a challenge staying at uh with just one loss in this 2022 season are the New York Giants? They'll travel to Jacksonville on Sunday, one o'clock kickoff to take on the two and four Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars are three point favorites at home. No. Giants win this game. I'm not sure
1: where they're getting this three point favorite from. I mean, the Jaguars are two and four. They've lost to some bad opponents. They started off, I think, two and oh, with a shutout victory against the Colts, a huge victory. And then since then, they've kind of fallen apart. And then you have the Giants, who are 5-1. and one. Not sure how the
0: Jaguars are three-point favorites. We'll see how this goes, but the Giants win this game all day. Jaguars do not expect wide receiver Jamal Agnew to play, but should get their starting defensive tackle, Foley Fatoski, or Fatakasi, Fatakasi, uh, back from his quad injury after missing the last two games. Jaguars are three-point favorites. Even if they do win, I don't think they win by three, so I will take the Giants in this game on Sunday. I'm with you there, Spencer. Now, the Green Bay Packers, we talk about Aaron Rodgers. We talk about the Green Bay Packers' uh, struggles here in 2022. They'll play against the Dumpster Fire. Washington Commanders there in D.C. at 1 o'clock. The Packers' four-and-a-half-point road favorites in this one.
1: Yeah, I mean the Packers are four and a half point favorites. The Commanders are rolling out Taylor Heineke for the first time this season. It's like going to be it. a little bit of growing pains. I'm not a I'm not a Heineke hater, so I think they'll pick it up a little bit mid season. But against the Packers, I think the Packers are going to have to pick up a win. That's back to back losses for the Green Bay Packers. One of those being in London, and then last week they lost a horrible game to the New York Jets. So. They've lost the two New York teams now. They're going to head over to
0: Washington D.C. and I think they're going to smack the Commanders by fifteen plus. Okay, so you're taking them against the spread there. The Packers, you've got. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers as well. The Dallas Cowboys. They'll host the Detroit Lions. Cowboys in Jerry's world. They are seven point favorites here on Sunday.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys being seven-point favorites with Dak Prescott coming back for the first time. Kind of interested to see how their offense is going to change. With Cooper Rush, they ran the ball a ton, and then once a team like the Eagles forced them to stop running the ball, we saw what Cooper Rush really was. Uh, This week, I think the Lions – I'm going to pick the Lions in this game. They're not going to win, but they will cover. I think they're going to lose by three or four.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that the Cowboys have the offensive success they had with Cooper Rush, simply because Dak Prescott coming off a thumb injury – and uh, as you said, they really changed. Kellen Moore changed up the uh, Dallas Cowboys offensive game plan and it worked. It wasn't as fun to watch as, as, it has been with the aerial attack, but they won games. I'll take the Detroit Lions against the spread as well. And Jerry's world on Sunday, one o'clock kickoff. Now the Cincinnati Bengals, they'll host the Atlanta Falcons, the Bengals six and a half point home favorites in this one. I don't know about that. Spence, what do you got? Yeah. The Falcons are America's team. They have, they
1: have been the team to bet on this year—not to win, but to to come closer than what the spread says. And in this game, six and a half point favorites are the Bengals. I think the Falcons lose this game by by three or less. So I'm going to pick the Falcons to cover in this one.
0: Falcons still without uh, Cordero Patterson or Cordero Patterson. Casey Hayward placed in the IR as well. That's kind of the game changer for me. It looks like uh, most of the starters that really matter for the Cincinnati Bengals are good to go. Uh, Jamar Chase is questionable. I think that spread of six and a half points is far too much for the Bengals, even though it shouldn't be. I think that the Atlanta Falcons are outplaying their uh, expectations and their talent. I think they're a pretty well-coached team with Arthur Smith. I'm going to take the Atlanta Falcons against the spread there in Cincy.
1: Yeah, the Falcons are 6-0 and against the spread this year, so they're the team to bet on right now. I think they're going
0: to continue that. Baltimore Ravens, they'll host the Cleveland Browns, one o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Again, an AFC North matchup, a rivalry. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, two and four. The Baltimore Ravens, three and three on this season. Jacoby Brissett, six touchdowns, five picks, 1,300 passing yards. Lamar Jackson, just under 1,300 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, six picks. Spence, uh, we talk about the Ravens, six and a half point favorites. Yeah, this
1: game. these games are usually close, but this time I think the Ravens, they're a struggling squad and they're going to want to take down the Browns pretty quickly in this game. So. The Browns are a team that plays everybody close. They've lost some pretty close games. They've won some close games this year. But I think the Ravens win this one by over seven, so I'm going to pick the Ravens outright.
0: Here's the: I'll take the Ravens as well, simply because they're looking forward to the game against uh, the Buccaneers next Thursday here in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, and they've got to get things rolling. It's a home game for them against the Cleveland Browns, a big-time matchup, big-time rivalry matchup in the AFC North. Both teams, record-wise, are pretty evenly matched. One game separates the two. Uh, I think that the Baltimore Ravens will win that game. Big game this Sunday for Tom Brady and the Bucs as they'll take on a very lowly Carolina Panthers team this year. Buccaneers, 11-point favorites on the road with all things being said about the about the Carolina Panthers and their struggles. And we talk about the struggles for the Buccaneers, too. They're 3-3. Three and three. They clearly are the better team on paper, and they're clearly the better team on the field as well. But 11-point favorites, the Bucs have yet to cover a spread this season. Well, they do so this Sunday in Charlotte, and uh, we'll get into the big storyline after you make your pick here, Spence, because there's a very big storyline surrounding these two teams on Sunday. Yeah, Tom Brady,
1: horrible offensive line, divorce on the line for Brady. I've got the Bucks by twenty in this
0: game against the Panthers. Oh, okay, Bucks by twenty. I'm writing that down. I'd like to think so, but I've picked the Bucks to to cover every time this year. I don't know if they're going to cover this one. It sounds crazy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they don't cover. I think they win. They win. They need a win, but I don't know if they cover this. And, Spence, obviously the big storyline that everyone tuned in right now is curious about that has to do with you is the fact that you're going to Charlotte this weekend. You're going to go watch the Bucks take on the uh, Carolina Panthers and Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium. What are your three uh, most exciting things that you're looking forward to seeing here on Sunday? One o'clock kickoff in Charlotte. We've been to the stadium plenty of times with Mom with our sister Morgan, with our brother-in-law Stephen as well. Uh, number one, you're, you're getting to meet up with your friend Carson Garrett, our friend that we grew up with. Um, what are your three big things you're looking forward to on Sunday? Yeah, I get to
1: see a, a subpar receiving core in the Carolina Panthers. I get to see a bottom two quarterback in P.J. Walker. And I get to watch the game with some enjoyment because the Bucks are going to win by a lot, and I'm going to be feeling on cloud nine.
0: Yeah, we're going to see if you're right. Bucs 11-point favorites. Carson Garrett. Has to be tuned in right now. And if he's not, I'm disappointed because, I don't know, if he's tuned in and he tells you, hey, I heard the podcast and I heard the keyword ghost, keyword ghost, you got to give him a dollar I'll Venmo him a dollar. So if he, if he says, hey, I heard keyword ghost this weekend, let me know and I'll Venmo him a dollar. Yes, sir. So Carson Garrett, good friend of ours, and one of the coolest uh, broadcasting moments I had was, again, we grew up with Carson. He played offensive line. Uh, for the Union County Panthers back in high school. And he said, hey, Chris, shout me out sometime when you're calling the game. And I said, I'll only shout you out if you make a big-time block. The very next game, uh, he had a huge block. He led the way for, I think it was Chad Buzzard, on like a 35- or 40-yard touchdown run. And Carson pancaked the guy, the defensive lineman. And uh, I shouted him out, and he got so excited. He did his little uh, end zone celebration and fell over. He got so amped up when he did a, a chest bump with his teammates. So that's one thing I'll always remember about our friend Carson Garrett. And on top of that, we made a bet years ago, uh, whoever could afford it first, we would take the other person to watch the Bucs play the Seattle Seahawks. So as of right now, it looks like Carson's leading the way with that. Uh, But he's going to take you and I to go watch the Seattle Seahawks take on the Buccaneers at CenturyLink Stadium. So at this rate, unless you hop in and change something, as of right now, I'm not in that situation. But I'll take the Buccaneers to win this game. I don't think that they cover the spread. Of 11 points. The Denver Broncos, they're trying to get things together. Uh, Russell Wilson just came out with a new Subway commercial, and if you guys have not seen it, it's awful. It's on Twitter. Go search Russell Wilson Subway commercial. It's it's terrible. Um, But the Denver Broncos, they'll host the New York Jets and Denver. The Broncos, one-and-a-half point home favorites. I think this simply comes down to the fact that the Broncos are the home team. Jets are a pretty good team this year, 4-2, and and the Broncos 2-4. and Yeah, I mean, I've got
1: the Broncos in this game simply based on the fact that I have not seen the Broncos play a daytime game this year, and this is the first time I'm going to be watching them play a daytime game. So I think the Broncos may be scared of the dark. Russell Wilson may be scared of the dark, and it shouldn't get dark until about the fourth quarter in that one. So as long as Russell Wilson can play a clean three quarters, I think they beat the Jets.
0: I had uh, Russell Wilson winning his last game. What was that? Monday Night Football? And uh, I was wrong. I thought that was the game in which they would turn things around, and he looked awful after a very good first quarter. I think he went 10 for 10 with a touchdown pass just over 100 yards passing. And then in the second half, he 4 of 13 for less than 40 yards passing. It was probably even worse than that. But I don't know, man. I'm just starting to re- – and he got hurt since then, too. He got hurt in that game. He's a little bit banged up, more banged up than he was. He hurt his hammy on Monday night. I'm going to take the Jets on the road to cover one-and-a-half-point underdogs – and Denver.
1: Yeah, but I think you're forgetting about the new Danger Witch commercial that just dropped. I think this no, is really going to fire him about. up. It's awful. No, this is really going to get him going because you could see him. He ate the he ate the uh, the sandwich with a fork and knife. He ate the sandwich with a blindfold. A wrapper? I mean, yeah, he ate the sandwich with a wrapper, and they had to censor it out. This dude is pretty bananas, and I think he's got his head screwed on the wrong way right now. But I think before Sunday, he's, he's going to straighten that up and I think the Broncos are going to win this game just based on the fact that it's a new commercial. And the first commercial that was going around at the start of this season of the Danger Witch that he has his cahoots with Subway dropped in April. So we haven't seen a Danger Witch commercial be dropped in the middle of the season yet. This is the first time we see this, and I think we're going to be saying next week that Russell Wilson's 1-0 after he drops a commercial in season.
0: Hey, you know, he's just too distracted. You're out there making Subway commercials. I mean, come on, my quarterback's going to uh, his ex-boss's wedding and uh, going out and dropping an egg. This is bigger. I mean, making a commercial on your off time during the season after a terrible couple of losses, a terrible start this year with the Denver Broncos. I think Russell Wilson loses. The the Jets will win on the road on Sunday evening. Now the Las Vegas Raiders, they'll host the Houston Texans. Houston Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL, but still they compete. They're they're almost in every game until the fourth quarter in which their defense is gassed because they can't get off the field. Raiders are a one-win team this year. With Devontae Adams, superstar there in Green Bay, he's frustrated with how things are going with uh, the Vegas, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, his former college football quarterback and Derek Carr, who's now his quarterback in Las Vegas as well. The Raiders are seven-point favorites at home. Yeah, I mean the Raiders being one
1: and four is a is a huge shocker, but I think the Raiders are going to get back on schedule here. They can't go one and five. They're playing a really bad Texans team that only has one win as well, but they tied with the Colts in Week One. So I think the Raiders win this one by more than seven. I'm going to go Raiders by ten plus in this game because last week I saw the Raiders nearly beat the Chiefs. So I, th- I think I've got I think I've got the Raiders in this game pretty easily over the Texans. I don't think Davis Mills is a good quarterback. I think Damian Pierce is running the ball pretty good for them, but that's really all they have on offense because Brandon Cooks this year is just irrelevant.
0: Yeah, and again, you talk about the quarterback play not being so hot. I'm going to take the Raiders as well. I think they finally have a big performance from Derek Carr. He's got eight passing touchdowns, four picks on the year, a QBR of 87.7, which is pretty down compared to usual. And, and you look at the elite quarterbacks that get paid like elite quarterbacks. He is far down on that list. Now, a surprise team this year, actually two surprise teams, the Seattle Seahawks and how well they've done with Geno Smith at the helm and the Los Angeles Chargers and how poorly they've done uh, in year three of Justin Herbert's career. The Los Angeles Chargers are the home team. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Chargers are 4-2 and two this season with the, bat, the the last three games being close wins versus the Texans, the Browns, and the Broncos. And then I look at Seattle, and they put they put up a lot of points besides last week against the Cardinals. Of course, I think Seattle wins this game. I think Seattle defeats the Chargers. I think Seattle goes up to four and three. The Chargers fall to four and three. Seahawks are going
0: to win this one by by at least three. I want to argue with you because I think uh, coming into the year, I would think this is a blowout. I think maybe you know the the uh, Chargers might even pick up their sixth one of the year. If it was me coming into this season, obviously if they win, they pick up their fifth win. Um, But they're not going to win. I think the Seattle Seahawks, they break five hundred this week, and they pick up their fourth win. Geno Smith putting up some insane numbers this year. He's uh, got 1,500 passing yards, nine touchdowns, just two picks, a QBR of 108.2. And then Herbert on the flip side, 93 QBR. That's aside from the point, though. I think Seattle wins on the road. And even if they don't win, Uh, I don't think the Chargers cover that five and a half point spread. The San Francisco 49ers, they'll host the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, The Chiefs are three and a half point or three point three point favorites on the road on Sunday.
1: Yeah, that should be a little bit more. I mean, the 49ers just lost to the Falcons by 14. The Falcons are a pretty good team, but they're not a team that's supposed to beat anybody by 14 points, especially one of the 49ers caliber. So I think the chiefs win this game. I think the, uh, the spread should be a little bit more in the chiefs favor than just the two and a half that Yahoo has it at. So I'm going to go chiefs in this game by at least seven plus.
0: I'm going to take Kansas city as well. And they they might be getting some wide receiver help too. According to Travis Kelsey on the Kelsey brothers podcast, he said that maybe getting that money up front in his new uh, contract agreement, that might, you know, free up some space for them to make a move here uh, before the trade deadline. The Miami Dolphins, they'll host the Pittsburgh Steelers Sunday night football. Tua looks to be back um, after suffering a head injury, a concussion in week three. We saw Kenny Pickett firsthand. You look confused. Tua, Tua died. <laughs> it seems he's that back. He, he forgot what field. Happened, Chris. He forgot what happened. No, he literally died. What you, he's not playing. Dolphins are seven-point favorites against the Steelers, a team that just beat the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think
1: the Dolphins can sleep through this victory. I think they're going to beat the Steelers, even if Tua is playing as a ghost in this game. He got completely knocked oh, out. I like
0: that. That, that ghost is for Carson to remember this weekend.
1: Yeah, he got, completely, he got completely knocked out in that game a couple of weeks back on Thursday Night Football. Tua's back, though. I mean, he's reincarnated. He died on the field that night. I don't think anyone noticed. He's back. He's ready to go. He may be compared to Lazarus after this week's over because he's going to put the Steelers to sleep because he just got
0: resurrected from the dead. Seven-point favorites. I don't know if they win by seven. I'll take the Dolphins to win, but I don't think they cover this game. Steelers have to be feeling good coming off a huge win at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to take the Steelers against the spread. I think the Dolphins still win. Now Monday night we've got a eh, game, another eh, game on Monday night, another eh, primetime game in 2022. The Chicago Bears they travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. Mac Jones expects to be back. Bill Belichick has yet to comment who will start. Uh, kind of up in air, up in the air regarding uh, if Bailey Zappi will start. He's two and zero. He's put up some good numbers throughout his first two starts of this year. Mac Jones struggled his first couple of starts, and the New England Patriots three and three. The Chicago Bears 2-4. and The Patriots are 8-point favorites at home.
1: Yeah, Bailey Zip on the ball. Zappy is going to put the Bears to sleep. He's going to put their season to rest. The Bears are going to be 2-5. and Zappy, they're going to be saying, hey, this is the next Tom Brady after this game because he's the all-time leading touchdown scorer in college football history. Last season, with how many touchdown passes he threw, over 60-plus, he beat Joe Burrow's record. This dude is a stud. He's going to... He's going to beat the Bears single-handedly. I don't think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. I don't think the Bears have a good coaching staff. I don't think their play calling is good. I think they've got a decent run game only because they can't throw the ball and they have to run the ball every play. I think their defense is subpar at best. So in this game, I've got the Patriots running all over the Bears with Ramondary Stevenson and also throwing all over with Bailey Zappi.
0: I just wrote down a laundry list of problems. For the Chicago Bears, yeah, there's a lot of them. Justin Fields, play calling, whole nine yards, all struggling there in Chicago. And with that, I'm going to take your word. I think the Patriots win at home, uh, and Bill Belichick gets back on track. Right now, the Patriots are sitting at 3-3, and fourth in the AFC East. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, And Mac Jones' second year as the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots? No, because he hasn't really played since week two. Exactly. That was a trick question. All right, guys, that is it for the Chris Mathis podcast this week. We're still waiting. Who's going to join our show um, for uh, talk to him Tuesday on our next episode. If you guys are not tuned in via Spotify or YouTube, you're missing out. We've got some great video that we kind of unintentionally do here. Spencer, you just never know what Spencer does. I will tell you what, if you guys want to keep up with Spencer at L Savage Spence on Instagram, Right at L Spencer Mathis on Instagram and at L Savage Spence on Twitter. So go check him out. The links will be down below and the bio and Carson Garrett. This one is for you. If you got Carson might not be tuned in. He's a very busy man. And uh, so if there's any friends out there that might be listening, like a Cole Dockery or maybe a Cole Wright or a Chad Buzzard out there, one of those guys that are tuned in right now, Shoot Carson a text and tell him keyword ghost. That way he wins his prize this weekend. Because, again, Spencer's going to watch the Bucks carolina Panthers game in Charlotte with Carson on Sunday. And it uh, should be a lot of fun. Can't wait. Wait, what was that?